Pleasure, another episode of the Joker Character Study Series from Mike, Mike, and Oscar! And we're back one last time before the main event for the Joker Character Study Series. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar, and this is October 2nd, 2019, 10 years to the day of the release of the original Zombieland movie. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host Also Mike. Also Mike here. We are very excited to be a part of all the horror that starts today Mm -hmm. when we're recording this. 31 days of horror content. We are going to put out an episode on the 17th that honors Zombieland Double Tap. It'll be a clip show, Mike, where we have all of our friends and uh, podcasters come in and talk about how they would spend the zombie apocalypse. It'll be a nice little last-second preview for you to go see Zombieland Double Tap. I expect it just to be a lot of entries of, like, pooping myself and hiding. It's <laughs> probably how I'd spend it, but we'll get more into that as that Is that going to be your answer <laughs> yeah. for everything? Most I likely. would poop myself and hide, but this is really nice. I, I really like the imagination here. Yeah. Right, yeah, I can expect a lot of that from that episode. Uh, as we're doing today, speaking of pooping yourself, covering Jared Leto's performance of the Joker mm-hmm. from Suicide Squad back in 2016, I think this movie came yes. out. i got to say this about this movie. Yeah, I didn't aid it as much as I thought I would. Neither did I. It's not good. No, it's not good. (laughs) But I was expecting worse. So that's something positive. That's positive if you are a moral relativist. Yeah, it's positive-ish. 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 So we'll get into all that. It's not negative. (laughs) It's true. Uh, If you've not joined us for a Joker character study series episode before, we do have a non-spoiler section and a spoiler section, but it's not quite like every other episode or every other review that we do. We do have different segments and sections breaking down just the Joker's performance in these individual movies. And as such, it's Jared Leto's turn today. We are highlighting giving individual episodes to the greatest and most notoriously famous portrayals of the Clown Prince of Crime throughout different mediums, both on the big screen and little screen and the video game screen as well. So like I said, this is the last one we will do before we cover Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of mm-hmm. the character later this week in Joker, that Todd Phillips movie. We'll be giving that the full OSP treatment. We'll have some kind of crossover with these segments that we have been doing all along in the Joker character study series. So look out for that. But today, it's just Jared Leto's performance from Suicide Squad, Michael. So how do we want to get started here? Yeah, a few quick specs here, and then we'll have a little bonus coverage of the Birds of Prey trailer that just dropped. Mike, Bohemian Rhapsody was the trailer song for this movie. It fueled the making of the Queen biopic, no question about it. We've already covered this (laughs) on multiple episodes of MMO. The fact that they knew that song had such a following... It lays groundwork for a great cinematic oh, yes. moment. Yeah. Absolutely. So that trailer was awesome, yes. and the box office showed it. Yeah. 746.8 million worldwide with 325 coming stateside. Suicide Squad was the 10th highest grossing film of 2016. It's a spicy meatball. That's a lot of money. The critical reception wasn't... Great. No. 40 Metascore, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the audience scores have a 6.0 on IMDb. 59% on Rotten Tomato audience score. That's not awful. The audience scores are typically middling for yeah. lower popular films. True. Lower rated critical True. blockbusters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mike, this is an Oscar winner. That's right. Isn't that insane? That's right. 
They won for best makeup and hairstyling at the 89th Academy Awards. Alessandro Bertolazzi, Giorgio Gregorini, and Christopher Allen Nelson. They won. <laughs> Beating out A Man Called Ove and Star Trek Beyond. Look. Uve. I read the book. Okay. <laughs> Look. Did they win this because Margot Robbie put her hair in pigtails? A little bit, and, you know, the Joker shaved his eyebrows off. We're going to get right. into that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't know that this is the most worthy makeup and hairstyling award winner ever, but I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing these three men's work. It wasn't great. It was, it's fine. It's fine. It's fun. Uh, Suicide Squad is written and directed by David Ayer and stars, of course, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Will Smith is Deadshot. You won't be seeing him in this role being reprised. No. Viola Davis, Ike Barinholtz, David Harbour, Jai Courtney, Cara Delevingne, Joel Kinnaman, Common, Jay Hernandez, Adewale Akinoye, Agbaje, and a bunch of famous DCEU cameos, and of course, Jared Leto portrayed the man in white. So the sequel is scheduled for an August 6, 2021 release date, Mike. It is brilliantly titled The Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's, well, it's, they have to reboot this, kind of, because the Joker's not coming back. Yeah. Deadshot's gonna be someone else. So they kind of have to ignore that this movie ever happened. But they're gonna have most of the same characters. Right. I guess we're having Birds of Prey. Gonna have a ton of cameos in the new Suicide Squad. But Birds of Prey is building on Suicide Squad. We just watched the trailer, Mike. It's building on the relationship with the Joker and him not being there. They should have hung up Jared Leto's picture instead of the Joker's in this trailer. It doesn't make sense (laughs) to me. Like, you could have a much better movie with the Joker in it, Jared Leto's Joker. You would make a half a billion dollars more at the box office than what this is going to make. I think I think they're going to be lucky to get like a couple hundred. So the Birds of Prey trailer did just drop today as we're recording this a couple minutes before we sat down and hit record on October 1st. It's available for you online. You'll see it everywhere. You're probably sick of seeing it by the time you listen to this. Ewan McGregor's going to be the big baddie. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the role that Mike is saying that would be better off if portrayed by the Joker I don't know what DC is doing with their films anymore. Clearly, that should be kind of like the Joker role. Ewan McGregor is playing Black Mask. He's supposed to be the guy that's going to, like, woo Harley Quinn. And then I guess she kind of stands up for herself and thus the emancipation of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And Ewan McGregor is going to be the big baddie they chase. This clearly has nothing to do with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie. Todd Phillips came out and said right. that. You're not going to see Todd, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker play in the DCEU world. So I, do we just have separate properties in the DC anymore? Does Justice League even exist? I don't get what they're doing with this universe at all. Yeah, it's confusing. It, it is very confusing. And it's based on movies that are not doing well, whether critically or box office wise. So this trailer... I thought the production values were beautiful. I, I liked all the zoom-in shots, sure. the setting, the establishing Great. shots of the trailer were pretty awesome. I liked Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in this trailer, but I liked her more in Suicide Squad, which is very strange. Agree with that. I, I thought she was had more like fighting against the grain in Suicide Squad yeah. than we saw in this trailer. But again, it's just a trailer. Just a trailer. I love the subtitle, though, Mike. And it goes by... <laughs> 
and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harlequin. And this is why we need to root for it to be an Oscar winner on its own, right? So we can hear <laughs> someone that some A-lister try to pronounce that on stage. Uh, I, I love that too. I love the idea that this is Harley Quinn's movie. This is what they should have done with this first Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. They tried to kind of do it in some ways, even though they gave a lot to Will Smith's character as well. But you should be establishing Harley Quinn as your main, the center of the DCEU, if that even exists anymore. Right, but to get back to our focus here... I don't think Jared Leto's Joker is going to let her just do her own thing. Like, he is that big of a douche. I mean, just look at this whole movie, Suicide Squad. It makes no sense to me. You, you write a whole movie with those two and the toxic, you know, attraction that they have. And then all of a sudden he's out. And well, it just does, leaves so does it he, Right. Does he exist in this world? Like, obviously he exists, but is, like, is he alive? Did he die? Well, they're saying Mr. J in the trailer. I mean, right, but, so like, did, but I'm saying, times. like, did the character die? Did he just walk away? He better be dead. And right, They better agree. establish that ghosts do not exist. With They don't establish in this Suicide Squad. <laughs> so <laughs> The lengths that he went to to be with her in this movie, if you're going to on. acknowledge him at all, you have to have some kind of story about his death, but if he's dead... Then is the Joker not in the DCEU anymore? Are we writing him off completely? That would be a massive mistake. It's strange because I was going through our Twitter feed and when I, you know, I search hashtags all the time and we posted, you posted an article about Jared Leto's Joker being something that the DCEU wanted to get back to. They wanted to give him a standalone movie. It just seems to me like this would have been a perfect opportunity. Was it scheduling issues? I don't know what was it, but this was, this is, this is a missed opportunity in my opinion. It's bizarre. It is one trailer, so hopefully that what we see and what we're reading in the tea leaves for, as far as the DCEU goes, will be fixed by the time this comes out in January 2020 or February 2020. Right. Uh, we got a couple months there. To, it's exciting to, to have it. a cool February blockbuster, though. It is. It is exciting, and I hope this is doing everything that you know this Suicide Squad movie should have done. I hope we this hope builds it's great. up. Yeah. Harley Quinn, again, just make it Harley Quinn versus Wonder Woman. Make that the DCEU. Otherwise, I, I don't know what you're doing, but we're going to have that. We're going to have Suicide, the Suicide Squad coming up. As far <laughs> as this trailer goes, like you said, it looked great. I don't know that it told much of a story about what the plot will be, other than obviously Ewan McGregor's Black Mask character is going to be the main antagonist, right. and Harley Quinn is going around kind of gathering up these girl gang to fight him with, so you would think it's going to be a big feministic movie. That seems very cool. Uh, she's a little unhinged, as she has been in Suicide just Squad. Yeah. Handing dynamite to random passengers Kids. to have them throw. Yeah, I mean that's funny. She's <laughs> cutting off her long pigtails, so she is coming, kind of having this cocoon moment where she's spreading her wings as her own butterfly. That seems pretty cool. So there is a lot to like, as far as the Harley Quinn character goes, as far as the DCEU at large, and what the implications for this movie are on that. Very baffling. Weird. Yeah, so I guess that's where we'll land on that. Go seek out the trailer uh, for your own. We obviously want to know your thoughts, comments, questions for that. Reach out to us on Twitter. Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. You can search Mike, Mike, and Oscar or at MM and Oscar on Twitter. But for now, let's get back into Jared Leto. Let's do some Joker stuff for this Joker character study series entry. Let's talk about him getting into character to play the Joker. Getting into character. All right, let's talk about Jared Leto getting into character. And before we dive into the man's process, Michael, let's begin with what could have been because Ryan Gosling <laughs> was meant for this role. So what does this movie look like with Ryan Gosling and the Joker character? And would Harley Quinn have been portrayed by Jazz? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah that's a correct answer. Uh, I read that somewhere, right, I think. Right. 
Look, to, to cite other sources on this one, I researched a lot of interviews, behind-the-scenes featurettes. That was most of the research I did, because it was all there. I mean, they talk about it. They they have a lot of fun talking about this movie. The cast and crew, uh, they seemed like they had a blast on set. I did want to cite one article from CheatSheet.com where Michelle Regalado, Regalado wrote about five crazy things Jared Leto did while playing the Joker. Some of these have become ur- urban legends yeah. that the interviews are kind of going against. Like, he won't confirm or deny many things, but he does deny something it's funny because people thought like the urban legends are out there that he ledger kind of lost his mind a little bit playing this role but we have reviewed and our reveal in our last episode mm-hmm. the research doesn't really back that idea up and here's jared leto who unlike heath ledger did go full method he did and seemed to stay in character the entire time this movie was being shot in fact will smith says they worked together for six months but he never really met Jared Leto. Uh, and as method actors do, Leto wouldn't respond to you if you didn't call him Mr. J or Joker or J or something to that effect on set. Yeah, watching the featurettes of what Leto did on set, he, he indeed stayed in that character. But he had the wherewithal to, like use it to help the production process because basically what he would do is literally joke with all the crewmen on set as the Joker. Quote, it was like pure entertainment for the crew, somebody said. And I think that was a smart move by Leto because you could easily create kind of a work environment that was at le- would be at least intimidating. I don't think he would have crossed lines or whatever, but you could based on some of the gifts that he gave Mike. But he, I mean, you could have done some, some wrong here. Depends on where your line is, I guess. I mean, you don't. Nobody wants to get a dead rat in a box, but he did that, so <laughs> I, I guess that's a matter of interpretation. Margot Robbie discussed their scenes being quote so electric because they were so unpredictable. I didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what was going to happen. She said all the other cast members did a ton of rehearsals, but they did none for her scenes with Joker. Again, smart, I think, because Jared Leto thrives on that kind of thing, and he was very complimentary of her throughout the interview process, saying that she just made such smart choices she's an incredible actress as we know they did take preparations up a notch though mike jared leto that is when he sent margot robbie a love letter accompanied you know by a box with a live rat in it unbelievable and legend has it that he sent the entire cast a video message along with a carcass of a dead pig he sent other cast members sex toys it's kind of funny if you put yourself in the moment that there's a lot of A-listers tied to this production and mm-hmm. like you wonder how many people in their lives anymore actually jab at them and ground them in reality and like play pranks on them. So in that aspect, I have a lot of respect for what Jared Leto did because right. he's kind of roasting holy pigs here. It's, it's a pardon the pun, but yeah. it's kind of funny. And he also was like, hey, they didn't cover the fact that I sent everybody cupcakes as well. I sent everybody cupcakes. What, did nobody eat them? I, it was funny. David Ayers said that Leto was inspired by drug lords, and as Leto put it, drug lords on Instagram. Because Who are of they? This. Well, why would you, if that's your enterprise, by the way, why are you photographing it and leaving a trail of evidence? That's terrifying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Seems unwise, but again, we're not in that industry. What a So bubble. maybe it's a thing. Maybe what? there's all kinds of cachet built into that. What a happy bubble. Uh, because of this, they made sure to make all of his toys or the props specific, customized, and often enough gold-plated. Yeah. Leto said afterwards that all these accoutrements really helped his reality. All right, so let's finally talk about the look of the Joker, because that also helped the reality here, Mike. They cut 
off Jared Leto's long hair going into this production. They painted his face like bright white. His skin's like a smooth gray. I would say it's all a smooth gray. They made his hair bright green. He's got that slick back, almost like baby driver John Hamm do there. They gave him a grill, which was very interesting, and a ton of tattoos. Of course, Sans eyebrows. There was a lot of rumors online about who this Joker actually was when we first got the look of Jared Leto playing like this gangster chic look. Remember when that first picture dropped? Yeah, it was it was, it was it was stark. It was shocking, and because of some of the tattoos and the placement of some of them, there was. I wonder if they went forward with this character if he was going to be revealed to be a former Robin. And that was a rumor. There was a lot of tattoos huh. with which suggested a lot of people on Reddit and, and whatnot in the comments of various sections, so take this for what it's worth. But a lot of people dissected his look and suggested that, well, because this tattoo is here and this could mean that, X, Y, Z, maybe this is Jason Todd. Maybe this is a former wow. Robin. And they thought was that this was going to lead to a Joker versus Batman movie in which Batman would be facing an ex-Robin figure went Joker. Oh, that would be a cool yeah. change on right. things. Even though I know there's a comic book story where Robin becomes one of Joker's minions, mm-hmm. but the Joker's still involved in right, that. Right, right. So it would have been an interesting story. Uh, sadly, it does not seem like we will get that, but we will. Uh, we, we did get was a Joker portrayal by Jared Leto that had some historical significance mm-hmm. we can talk about. The historical significance! So Jared Leto's character, the Joker... He's basically a foil to Harley Quinn in this movie, and he's a plot device for her character's arc. I could see the origins of David Ayer's original script here, Mike, and I want to talk about that throughout the episode because I do think there's more of a Fifty Shades of Grey submissive versus you know dominant yeah. kind of characterization going on here. And the finale is very inconsistent with the rest of the movie because I think what David Ayer was going for was was more of an arc for Harley Quinn that we don't get at the end of the day because they wanted all the reshoots to give more of just a fun story. And but it doesn't it really doesn't make sense with the first first scenes of the movie. Joker, I think, had to be so stark and visually appealing and visually stunning. And it's like, oh, my God, how is that really Jared Leto? Because he's not in this movie. I mean, the total amount of time any scenes of his play Mm -hmm. for this over two-hour-long movie, Mm -hmm. not even his screen time, but just the scenes he's in, if you add up all the screen time those scenes run for, he's in this movie for 13 minutes and 30 seconds. That's not enough. It's not. I mean, it's not. And so he's a lot of B storyline stuff and a lot of not main player type stuff. And what's the biggest problem with this movie? The antagonism. Right. You don't have an antagonism that's better than the anti-heroes that are protagonists here. If, if Can you imagine if they were all squaring off with the Joker right. and she had all that personal Infinitely history better movie. going after the Absolutely. Jo- that's, that's and that's what DC's film. done poorly throughout their... I mean, Batman v Superman... It's an awesome concept if you have Batman face off against Superman, but you, you shove the doomsday angle in there with no exposition and not a, a clunky backstory, and it just ruins the whole... Th- I mean, that's kind of the same problem this had. You have a tailor-made villain, a one that everyone wants to see on screen. Yeah. A lot of people paid money to see this Joker. He's barely and, in it. And he's not... Yeah, you don't give him much to do. Though... He does give us some good stuff here, Mike, and uh, it seems like they were just forced to go in a different direction from Heath Ledger's Joker, as you would guess, right? Sure. And you want to differentiate yourself. Yeah, I mean, Heath was disheveled and basically had this slept-in appearance. Jared Leto's Joker's kind of more 
like Jack's Joker. He's polished. Mm-hmm. He's cla- not classy, but he's got shiny leather coat. Well, he's done up, for sure. Done yeah. up, yeah. I mean, the male grooming here, <laughs> manscaping is impeccable. And that's something that that other Joker, Heath Ledger, would have scoffed at. But I think he's very conscious of his appearance here, from the tats to the grill to the very well-manicured hair. Uh, I liked a couple things they changed about ba- Joker's backstory, too, regarding his look. One, we don't really have this guy... It wasn't a, a terrible mishap that had him fall into this vat of acid. The white is his skin in this version of the Joker. He's not wearing face paint, I don't hmm. think. It seemed like he, when he dove in after Harley Quinn to in this pool of whatever the hell, that's kind of what changed him, I guess? I guess he does that frequently, maybe. Yeah, right, because he was white going into that. She did that there, and that was him getting her skin the same color, yeah. and he's just kind of testing her and all throughout the movie. In terms of the performance, though, Mike, I, I do think it's a bit Jack Sparrow-y. There's some effeminate ticks to the character that are more gender fluid. I think all that's refreshing. That's a different kind of Joker than I'm we've seen before. That, yeah. It works in conjunction with the character's sole dependence on Harley Quinn sure. and, and their connection. I kind of like that, and I think that worked. I have no problem with that, and I think, again, you're not going to more Joker, Heath, and Jack. Right. You're not going to get more Joker and more akin to what we all traditionally think that character is anyway. So even the gangster, look, I was fine. Like, go in a different direction. If you want to be more effeminate, you want to be more well-rounded, or, or I, I guess more uh, global, mm-hmm. go in that direction. I'm fine with it. So he's not really using the media at all in this movie, no. though. He's not the showman. No. That these other characters are. He's trying to use his colorful nature to like intimidate people i think and manipulate people more than he is trying to like gather legions of fans and sycophants and cult members i would say he already has it he has them right i mean because there's a couple scenes in this where he relies on henchmen and there's no explanation of where they come from they're just there they're great though they're big mascots with machine guns most of them are giant stuffed animals kind of look-alikes they had a couple with the cartoon batman max which i thought was a nice touch Uh, he performs to the room a little bit, but he's more of kind of the boss of an or- organized crime syndicate, and he's just trying to strike fear into people. And he seems to have an obsession with Harley Quinn, which I like. I mean, that's kind of how this should be. You want that to be the A storyline, even though it's not in this movie. That's You want that to build because you can make a movie about that at more, some point. More to say about that, but there, there are a lot of uh, flashbacks where he's basically testing Harley Quinn and torturing Harley Quinn in many disgusting right. ways. That could have been worse if we ever got those deleted scenes that everybody talks about. I think this is a fascinating and unique take on Joker. I, I like the performance. There's not enough here. I wish we had a whole movie with him, a.k.a. The Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey with him in a prominent role, but we're not going to get it. Yeah, like the highlight for me, speaking of things we're not going to get and and how, how maybe lackluster this movie was overall, the highlight, one of the highlights for me is that there's one cutscene mm-hmm. that shows Harley Quinn in her actual Batman the Animated Series garb with yes. the two things coming off her head. Terrific. And Margo's wearing that and Joker's in the Batman the Animated Series tuxedo and they're kind of like dancing with each other. That's probably the closest we'll ever get to getting a Batman the Animated Series, the real life movie ad- adaptation on screen, especially yeah. considering how poorly this movie was received uh, as far as critical scores go and how the cast just kind of separated afterwards. Mm-hmm. So 
that was fun. I like seeing that. That's kind of cool that we got that. It made me want more, but that shouldn't be one of the highlights in this type of movie. Yeah, it's fun, but it's it's not enough. And I, I'd want to talk about the historical significance of the film for a half a second. Two things. Number one, they're forcing this into being a Will Smith movie. And yeah, that does not absolutely. work at all. There's a lot of things that don't work about that. I agree. Uh, not least of which is that he's an A-level movie star right. that is a great actor and he is sharing scenes with some people who are, uh, we'll call them lesser experienced. I think they were hoping that Viola Davis would have lended credibility to everything. Boy, do I have things to say about Viola. I know you do too. What a terrible character. But this is like a huge hit for DC on paper, and yet I do believe, uh, this is hugely significant for the franchise, I do believe that DC fans, or maybe fringe fans, after Batman v Superman, after Suicide Squad, they're both letdowns. Yeah, I, I I would believe if you go to the movies, they would let you down. Yeah. Therefore, Justice League is a bona fide flop, mm-hmm. Mike. That is a money loser at the end of the day. So these are kind of two paper tigers. Those two DC films, and that brings up the question: What the hell are we doing? Right. Like, what do you? So are you going forward with these storylines and still trying to world build, or are you just going to take the Margot Robbie character and give her a trilogy, and then try to build off the end of the trilogy? Which is fine if you want to reboot the entire universe. That's fine, but just like have a plan and tell us it. Don't let us guess and then have the audience tell you your plan for you and then yeah. try to build off that. I think that's going to be a big mistake if that's what they're trying to do. They're still living in like three picture plans yeah. you know, over at DC. They're not taking the bird's eye view like Kevin Feige does with Marvel. I think this Joker movie is a huge movie. I, I think this Joker movie is throwing a giant wrench into everything that DC EU can do and mm-hmm. I guess it's worth it if it's a good, well-received movie and makes a ton of money like it seems on track to do and it wins Oscars like it may do. Mm-hmm. I think it could be a massive mistake as well. We'll see how it plays after it debuts this weekend. But I don't know what the DCEU is right now. But it's very strange that we're getting the standalone picture that's basically the right. king of comedy you know, turned into a superhero yeah, film. Totally strange. But we're also getting these like candy-coated trailers for birds of prey that's what i mean so like if there's no connection with anything anymore that's fine just say that let that don't let us believe that don't bring carryover from one movie to another and let us believe that there's going to be this world building they're forcing the connections yeah it doesn't i agree i don't i a lot of questions a lot of questions going for it for dc we're gonna break it down spoilers ahead can i go man what the what's going on man this is crazy blah 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 all of that chit-chat's gonna get you hurt. Oh, my God. This is a spoiler warning. This is a spoiler section regarding Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker from Suicide Squad in 2016, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar as part of our Joker character study series. If you've not seen this movie, it's maybe way on a pause. Go check it out. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back. But if you've seen it, or if you're ready to hear, it's all spoilers all the time from Mike, Mike, and Oscar as we go through Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker. Let's start with some of his most memorable quotes or actions from this movie. Most memorable quote or action. Ah! 
Look, like we said, the Joker is not in this movie and certainly doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Mm. So there wasn't a lot to pick from as far as most memorable quotes or action. For me, the most memorable quote, maybe the most memorable action too, is given away in the trailer for Suicide Squad when he's standing over Harley Quinn on the table and said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad and preparing to give her as a doctor his version of electroshock therapy. Setting him up, in in the trailer at least, as a major antagonist. And that would right. have played out so much better in the movie. I think that's what fans wanted from this movie. I was waiting for him to come back in act, at the end of Act 2. Right. You know, I was waiting for him to make that big return and be the big bad guy. Because this was my first experience with Suicide Squad. I, I hated that he doesn't. And it's, it's so just weak. Weak sauce. Yeah to deal with the witch who's so dumb and Viola Davis's character who's so dumb and, <laughs> and gross. And I love Viola Davis. We're Viola Davis number one fans on this podcast and we hate her character in this movie. Stop giving Viola Davis a gun mm. to shoot if you don't have a script worthy of giving Viola Davis yeah. a gun to shoot. <laughs> and I'm looking at you, Suicide Squad, and I'm looking at you, Widows. True. Don't use that as your get-out-of-jail-free card. She deserves better. She deserves so much better. We're so angry about that. But back to... Yeah, I know. That's not the focus. I loved how Jared Leto's henchmen function in this movie. I loved how amidst all the chaos of them taking over and breaking into the mental hospital or breaking into the scientist's lab where he's going to, you know, get that scientist to disarm the neck bomb or, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end when he frees her. I I loved all of those scenes probably the most because how... His look translates and, and it just really floors you, drops your jaw. I think that's the most significant thing in this movie, like I said before, the look of this Joker. And that's unfortunate because he's a great actor. He's very good at playing cool but crazed. Mm-hmm. Like you, he, he's, he portrays and tells a story with his eyes and with his face and yeah. with the tilt of his head. And I mean, that scene where Harley's dancing in the nightclub and he's trying to have this, this conversation with common and just basically trying to be the cat that's toying with his ball of yarn. It fails in a lot of ways. I agree, but I think Jared Leto's portrayal of just like this repressed madness shines through there. Yeah. But so many things undercut characters I agree. in this movie and that undercuts him as just being like this jealous, toxically masculine guy. You know, I mean, it's just everything. Everybody gets undercut in this movie from Viola Davis, worst of all, to the the villains at the end. And even that storyline that they were building up between the Joker and Harley Quinn. We're going to get into that in Evil Deeds. I just hated the dialogue in this movie. And I don't walk away, you know, with a memorable quote. I really don't. I I don't No, Like I said, the most memorable quote, I think, is the one from the trailer. I mean, with a bullet. And that's not how it should be if you're trying to build a memorable character, especially on the back of what we've seen Jack do with it. What we've seen. And like you said, it's just, it sucks because Jared Leto's fabulous. He's a fantastic actor. I I love him. I think he's quite underrated. He's making the best of this. Yeah. I mean, he does have some philosophical chic to go with his gangster look. Desire becomes surrender. Surrender becomes power. So there is this... Fifty Shades of Grey, submissive, right. dominant, whatever the other yeah. word, dominant <laughs> relationship they're trying to build with her. They tr- there was an effort made. <laughs> there There's was an effort made, made, but they don't follow through on no, that plot don't. line, yeah. and we're going to get into it. Yeah. But we got uh, a secret spice and what made this work to an extent, right, Mike? The secret spice, or what made it work? <laughs> I'm getting repetitive here, but the look. The look is what made it. It was a start. I mean, it's shocking. Especially, you don't see Jared Leto, and that's one of the things we highlighted in the Heath Ledger movie, is that how he, the character kind of absorbed him 
Totally. And that happened here. You don't see Jared Leto at all. And I love how they gave us like the fantasy scene. Harley Quinn with, you know, Enchantress gets in her head and we see like regular Jared Leto. Now, they, but it's just so different. That was from... so confusing to me. So is yes. Joker able to take the white off then? Is he not stained? Is he not hurt? I don't know, but it's in her mind. <laughs> And she just wants a normal life with this man. She's willing to share his madness through all the suffering and his abuse in order to get that life. Unfortunately, this plot line is never fulfilled for good or ill, necessarily. And I think Ayer's original script should have been about an abusive relationship. I think it was about an abusive relationship. And then you can show Harley Quinn either successfully getting free of that abuse or tragically showing her, you know, staying stuck in it or being recaptured by it at the end. Either way, you have an arc with this final cut, Mike. It doesn't make any sense and there's no through line to it. Here's a good rule, like a standby rule for screenwriting. And I haven't written a screenplay, so you can mock me for this, but I believe in this a lot. You can nail it. If... Your plot mm-hmm. hinges a lot on the actions and response of a character named Rick Flag. <laughs> you should probably rewrite. <laughs> they should have rewrote Rick Flag. Yeah, he he is just with the wind. Like they the concentrated movie. more on the Enchantress Ugh. Rick Flag relationship as far as the A storyline and the biggest conflict mm-hmm. of this script than they did on Joker and Harley Quinn. Like, I understand if you were waiting to write the Joker-Harley Quinn movie and you just wanted to introduce the characters, but then give Will Smith more plates. You didn't do enough here for no, anything. Not at all. And they marketed the movie based on Harley Quinn right. goods and Joker goods. Misleading, pr- pr- predominantly. Yeah, misleading marketing. And then they give a movie where they are just a subplot. Ugh. And that's stupid. They turned everyone into a subplot. It's right. amazing, almost. Nothing happens. No, nobody shines here. Deadshot has some moments. He's certainly probably of the Suicide Squad given the most to evolve. His moments are But he's totally one note, too. Forced, though. Yeah, it's forced because even though, like, all right, D- Deadshot is, you know, tasked with shooting Harley Quinn as she's being, you know, whisked away by the Joker on the bottom of that helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. A moments later, moments later, Viola Davis, like, just blow up the helicopter. So it didn't even matter! From 1 12 13, 1 hour 12 minutes and 13 seconds, to 1 hour 18 minutes 23 seconds of this movie, we have the Joker chopper scene played as an action piece. Mm-hmm. Harley turning on the squad and going back to Joker. Deadshot turning on Harley and then not turning on Harley by Ugh. missing the shot on purpose. The chopper being gunned down. Joker and Harley being separated again, played as a dramatic piece. Joker's presumed demise. Waller's presumed demise, played as a dramatic piece. Flag threatening Deadshot and Harley's reuniting with the Suicide Squad, played as a dramatic piece. All taking place, bang, 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 without a single match of event tying them all together in just over six minutes of this movie it's, it pisses me <laughs> off because like the theme of all of that is just simplified and reduced to this mike <sighs> oh we're so bad but we're really not right good. and because we're almost so bad we're friends and then but we're really not but yeah we're friends again and by the that's way that's the movie if the point of the Suicide Squad is that you need the baddest of the world to come together to fight other forces, shouldn't you not like just have to rely on people that you've already proven can be caught by mere mortals? Let's get into <laughs> evil deeds right now. Let's get into evil deeds because I want to dive into this. How evil were my deeds? <laughs> 
All right, so the evil deed, and I know I'm a little spastic, but that's anger that's sh- shining through. That's We're fine. trying to stick to Joker. Uh, the evil deed of this movie, and Joker's evil deed specifically, Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis, throws together a suicide squad that she puts together with the idea that they'll fight the next superhuman alien, which may come to Earth looking to cause trouble. That she creates <laughs> with everything she does in this movie, Mike! Wait, <laughs> right, stop! I'm sorry, I have to stop you. She literally is a self-fulfilling prophecy from the beginning of this movie. It's absurd. It, Everything she does, especially carrying around the heart of Enchantress <laughs> everywhere she goes, taking it to her on a silver platter yeah. at the end of the film, is all it's all her fault. And she's the most evil idiot in this entire group of evil idiots, Mike, because it's literally, it's literally all her doing. And it's the worst plot line I've ever seen. And maybe action movie history because a few well-placed bombs would have done everything. It nullifies, everything undercuts everything else. It nullifies the whole need for the Suicide Squad because all they needed to do was send the military in, bomb the brother, bomb the sister, end of movie because a couple well-placed bombs would have fixed it. You're so right and your anger is so well-placed because we don't even get the explanation that these other being deities, these gods from basically another time can just be undone by man-made bombs. Why? Who knows? But it works. Just get them to the bomb. Just you move him over and, yeah. that, and a, a grenade that only will go boom and blow up part of the room will get him. So, Are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I share your outrage. Like there. I was thinking, all right, we got to nuke this place right. and they're all on right. a suicide mission. Or there's mission. some kind of other, like this, this whole concept makes sense if there's something one of the members of the suicide squad can do that no human can do. That's how this makes sense. But that's not the case. And they're all taken down by men anyway. And Waller flaunts the safe box with the heart in it in front of the Enchantress in the meeting room. And she carries around it with it everywhere and basically shows the Enchantress how to get it from Mm her. It's ridiculous. And she calls her brother in the subway, which is just all... Waller's fault. She started to create the Suicide Squad before she, I guess, knew she was going to fuck up everything else. Yeah. Well, and then when she ever shot those FBI guys in the room... That was character assassination. And then minutes later, radios for the Joker's chopper to be gunned down. Who is she radioing? She just killed everybody that's on the other end of that communication. They don't have the clearance? Are you kidding? They don't have the clearance that we do. The clearance that... Because I created this problem, which didn't exist before. I created this problem, and I created a new clearance level, apparently, and now I have to kill these people because of this ridiculous clearance level that I just created. If you're a studio, and you greenlight a script, let the script happen. Stop getting involved. Stop getting worried about reshoots and inserting your narrative in there. Rely on the people, the massively talented people that you hired, they that bungled. you originally gave the green light to, and just let it happen. They bungled it. Oh, and, so uh, bad. Good, good for us, though. We get to focus on, thank God, the side plot with between it's Joker. A B, it's certainly a B storyline. So Eric Joker, Harley Quinn, yeah. not included in Amanda Waller's Suicide Squad uh, group. However, his main squeeze in the fire of his loin, the itch in his groin, as he puts it, <laughs> Harley Quinn is. So Joker and his effort to, pardon the pun, emancipate Harley Quinn from Waller's grasps acts as the countdown clock in the B storyline while the Suicide Squad goes about their business, otherwise trying to deal with Enchantress mm-hmm. and her brother's gathering army of corrupted souls. So Joker's rescue attempt involves high 
hijacking an FBI chopper and trying to gun down Waller and the squad all in one swoop. And while he fails to take any lives in the act, he does manage to rescue his main squeeze. The duo isn't scot-free, though, as immediately after, Waller has the chopper shot down and the lovers are separated once more. Harley rejoins the squad and they are finally filled in by the stunningly named Rick Flag <laughs> as to the giant odds they were always up against regarding Waller's diabolical, if nonsensical, plan to take out Enchantress and her godlike brother. Okay. You could see the vortex of the gods a mile away. Yes. You, you don't have to wonder you're go you're stepping into some weird superhero stuff here. Correct. If you're the Suicide Squad. It's ridiculous. Right. Everybody's gone and you're going into a, you know, cosmic war zone. You if it's ridiculous. But we we get this cool side plot and it is kind of a cool side plot that I wish they followed through on. That electroshock therapy, did she give him the machine gun there? I think so. I, that's she, the implication, Implication. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I mean, you have Joker, he's pretty evil, basically turning his psychotherapist at Arkham. That's the most frustrating part of this thing. Like, the yeah. Joker-Harley storyline, It's you're not doing a bad job of building the dominant submissive relationship. Harley Quinn seems to be a mentally abused victim yeah and physically too right i you know, certainly physically yeah with the electro but she i mean she's you have a lush storyline here that you can investigate the intricacies of and you just you don't go she, with she's it. harley quinn now I yeah i talked about the toxic masculinity scene with common kind of lame mike they jump from like 100 feet up into a three foot high vat of toxic waste. Now, in Batman, Jack 1989's Jack Nicholson version, he jumps into a eight foot high vat of toxic waste that has a hole down the bottom and he slips into the runoff, mm -hmm. right? Outside of the chemical plant. Right. That makes more sense than this. <laughs> this makes no sense whatsoever because they are literally standing in waist high chemicals when he lifts her up and they make out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful visual. It's a cool song they're playing. What? The payoff is nice. What idiots do they think we are, But though? it doesn't make any sense to get there. You would die <laughs> very, 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 very quickly. On and impact. Even the psychology that leads up to that. Harley Quinn's showing the... Like, he doesn't... Joker doesn't push her in. He doesn't make do the act of hurting her in this. She's willing to submit so much to him and show him how much that she cares that she does, jumps in her of her own accord. Did David Ayer never jump into the low end of a pool? <laughs> if you do a cannonball into the low end of any pool, you will hit, hit your butt bottom, on the yeah. bottom. You will. So if you jump from 100, 200 feet up, whatever they were... You are dead on impact, and it's just absurd. It's not great, Mike. <laughs> it's right. not great. I like the fact that Joker has the joyride with Harley Quinn. He's very evil, and he just leaves her there. She doesn't. She doesn't tell him that she can't swim. But that's kind of a, a crazy scene where they're just you know having a date night, and that goes yeah. wrong. And Batman captures him. I like that. Joker bribes Ike Barinholtz, the guard, to then capture the scientist. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand. I didn't pay close enough attention. Does Ike Barinholtz come into play later on? Well, he he gives up where I think Harley is being held or what Harley's got in her neck, and that's why he goes to the scientist lab to blah, blah, blah. Because there's a huge interrogation scene of Ike Barinholtz in the kitchen there. Right. But then, like, what's his significance? I don't get Well, it. he's the guard. Yeah, but he's a guard. But when does he tell Joker 
that, uh, oh, by the way, Harley Quinn is, uh, you know, underneath that giant cosmic ring atop of <laughs> Gotham City. And you should probably go there because that's where everybody of importance in this plot is going. Yeah, I think the like, implication was that the scientists gave up the information specifically where the Suicide Squad was being oh, taken. But of, well, of course, yeah. Joker, yeah. you're in the city. Yeah. You know where everything's going down. Yeah. I mean, he knows he's got ears to the grindstone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then his plan to rescue her is stupid. Because that chopper is immediately blown to bits. So it's under, again, it's undercut. Never mind Deadshot being able to shoot her, which he could have. You know, why wouldn't he? He should have, based on his characterization. But he doesn't, fine, because he's Will Smith, movie star. That's the right. only reason he right. doesn't. Well, he, want, he wants to prove to his daughter, I'm not a jerk. That he says later. But yeah. he will, you know, spend 50 years killing everybody he comes across. <laughs> and, of course, killing everybody in this. And I thought the henchmen were kind of stupid in this movie. All those little goo men. There's a lot of stupidity in this movie. It's just ridiculous that yeah. we need a goo, goo guy fight or a green swamp thing guy fight. And here and there and in the elevator. Now, there was an eye towards a solo Joker movie. I, I mean, Joker does come back at the end of this. He does emancipate Harley Quinn literally from her holding cell at the end. And after the Suicide Squad is successful he breaks in with his henchmen and they break out and they're together once more her finale with the enchantress was a double cross right she basically said here i'm going to submit to yes. you i'm going to submit to you but i'm going to fake it right. and that's her learning from the plot line of basically being in an abusive relationship right. the original ending of this movie i would bet had to do with her getting out of abusive relationships and standing up on her own two legs and using kind of that as the double cross and growing as a character. And I think David Ayer is a smarter writer based on all of his other stuff, which is much better than this. And in this case, you have her reuniting with the Joker at the end, which is totally undercutting what we just had <laughs> with the Enchantress. Yeah. So she's just going to submit to him again. Again. Does it make sense? No, but it certainly was being done because they thought they were getting another movie out of this. That's the only reason. And the, I mean, look at the post-credit scene that sets up just, you know, it's, it, uh, this is a mess. <laughs> now, it's a mess. that said, again, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. It's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting at times, but most of it, if you, if you, if you give it a closer inspection, never mind like me, my second viewing of Ad Astra, that level of, if you give it a closer <laughs> yeah. inspection. Don't, don't critically think about it's it. It's not yeah, good. Don't, don't. Really Do not critically think about this. I absolutely agree. And don't go into it expecting to see a, a crazy Joker portrayal. No. It's not here. You get literally less than 13 minutes of screen time for this character. Go on YouTube and watch that cut up. Exactly. I mean, that's ex way more than you get. I'm shocked the final cut of this, when you know you're bringing everyone into the theater on the promise of seeing a new Joker mm -hmm. and seeing Harley Quinn's relationship with the Joker and seeing Harley Quinn stand on her own separate from Joker, you, you, this is what you give. This is shame on WB. Shame on WB for in, in, including themselves in the writing of this and the reshoots. This is why the DCEU doesn't work. This is why. Yeah. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's awkward silence there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got to rate this on a scale of one to Joker. And finally, on a scale of one to Joker, how Joker was he? All right, Mike, scale of one to Joker. How Joker is this Joker? Jared Leto was a five and Harley Quinn was an eight. Wow. Uh, she was more Joker than his jo Joker, which was sad. You're giving a lot of credit to... to to let her overall here. I, 
So what are you grading? The potential? I had such a hard time with laying a grade on this. It's still a big studio version of Joker. I just the look to me is so unique, and it I is. Give, I give like four of those points to the look, one of those points to the laugh. I would say that because that's a good Joker laugh. It's forced. It's freaking me the hell out. Does this make a better relationship if you view Harley Quinn as the Joker and you view Joker as Batman? Like, does this make more sense of that? Does it make that relationship enrich it at all? Or am I just grasping at straws you're to try and prove the equality here? You're trying... Nah, it doesn't, work. It doesn't I, work. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, Harley Quinn is the protagonist in this movie to an extent, I would say. Or she's the star of the movie, let's just say. Sure. Let's say that. Yeah. Even though Will Smith is given the final, of course he's going <laughs> to shoot the bomb to blow up the evil Chulu of death, you know, sorcerer, <laughs> which can be killed by a simple grenade. I like how Waller just walks in on them at the end of all that, too. And be like, I'm still here, bitches. Yeah, and you are, st- here's the neck bombs, they're working again. After the guy deprogrammed them before. Oh, God. I, I, I was not that high. This is like a, a four Joker for me. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, there's actually a lot of similarities between the way Jared Leto's Joker and Cesar Romero's Joker were treated in their movie debuts. Yeah. Because they're tied to B storylines. They're not the main antagonist. They don't really have a lot of say over what goes on during the big portion of the plot. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have here is that with this Joker, you're clearly setting up future movies based on the Harley Quinn relationship. You would have hoped. Yeah. And it's just not even doing that. You not even doing yeah. that. So I'm like a four Joker. Again, the look is what we land on here. It's a fantastic look. It's really unique. It's maybe even a fantastic portrayal if we actually got to, you know, see it. I, we just don't have the writing. Again, yeah. it's, a, it's a story problem more than anything else, in my opinion. I put. I don't. I don't fault Ayers. I really don't. I fault WB for this. Yeah, but Ayers, if if he knocked it out of the park on first try and at first glance for the suits that also you know looked at Christopher Nolan's scripts and Jonathan Nolan's scripts and left them alone after he submitted those, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, but at but at the same time, you're right. You're right because they didn't give him a chance, enough of a chance. I'm sad now. Aren't you? A little bit. But, okay, we got the Todd Phillips Joker coming up. We have many other Jokers that we really loved and really respected. This one we respect for different reasons, but it's been an awesome Joker character study, I will say. It really has. This has been a lot of fun to do, and a lot of fun to see the different portrayals and how they're used and how different writers and directors wanted to manipulate them and what they were focusing on. So we certainly have enough of a lush catalog for you to go back and check out before you go see Todd Phillips Joker movie yourself. We will be covering that, like I said, in an OSP later on this week. Uh, for now, we obviously, as always, want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about this, any of the Joker character study episodes, or anything else we cover here in the MMO Empire. You can always reach out to us at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. And if you use an iPhone, happen to use Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if you can go to search, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar and submit, tap on our logo once. You'll see us dressed up in our Halloween costumes right now. Uh, scroll down once after doing that. You'll see the opportunity to leave us five stars. If you can do that, that'd be a big help to us. We thank you for doing so. Otherwise, Michael, what are some words of wisdom for these fine people? And what are we doing next here in MMO? Uh, words of wisdom from screenwriters. Story above all. That's my... And give Rick Flagg a new last yeah, name. That's my God. Yeah, Rick Flagg. Oh, that, some of the comic book character names are not great. Like June Moon. Rick Rag would have been better. June Moon. Yeah, June Moon's not much yeah. better. Like Rick Rag and June Moon? I would go for that. That would be better. Ugh. Okay. What's coming up next? 
you said most of it. I do want to say that we've been tinkering around with perhaps a Joker Award show that we can fit into our schedule over the next couple of weeks. Oscar Race Checkpoint, we've been thinking about doing some like movie reviews on that show mm-hmm. as well. So we're, we're gonna, not going to commit to it yet because we don't like committing to anything <laughs> it always goes wrong when we until do. unless it's in you know recording already right you know we've recorded <laughs> it and it's on tape already so we're going to do some cool stuff with oscar race checkpoint we've already been having a blast with mike mike and oscar weekly we have two news and variety shows that cover you know everything in the entertainment world mm-hmm. tv movies and of course oscars and award season with the checkpoint there and mike we got a lot of oscar sprint profiles to cover so let's do too many that's why you're getting the overflow into orc most likely so parasite joker those are the next couple for sure so yeah stay tuned a lot of stuff coming from mmo guys when reality sucks come watch all these movies with us we are mike mike and oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness we'll see you soon see you Ah, 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 ah.